You're a wizard, Harry. Stone with Sarah Tompkins, Vijaya Shreshta, and Michael DeMauro. This week we discuss the Sorcerer's Stone Chapter 14, Norbert, the Norwegian Ridgeback. We find out what's the deal with having no Muggle TV, and the battle for the Quizich Cup continues. We are back for another round of the Quizich Cup, the segment where we quiz each other for points and the eventual winning of some sort of cup. <laughs> Literal, not metaphorical. Not metaphorical. Uh, who wants to go first? Should it be me? It should be or you. Should it be someone else? I feel like. Wait, who went last time? First last time was that you or Vijaya? I don't know. I have no idea. I think Vijaya went first last time. You should go first. I'll go first. Hey, um, let's say you wanted to buy a sweet set of robes. Who would you get them from? Damn it! Uh, that would be Madame Milken. Wow. Fuck. Is that because you're impressed with my robe knowledge? I am very impressed with your robe knowledge. Uh, of course I'm going to know the fashion. Actually, that's one of my biggest she's, complaints she's in the movies. A girl. Is that they don't really wear, like, their robes and hats all the time. And I'm like, you're supposed to be wearing them because they're standard issue and they're on your list. Do it. Yeah, what the heck? Don't be a dick. God. All right. Terrible. I have a question. You should answer, ask it, not answer it. Don't answer it. <laughs> Unless you tell me the answer. Uh, in the first book, when uh, during the Great Feast... Albus, Albus Dumbledore wants to say a few words. They are nitwit, blubber, blank. Bam! Yes. Adamant. Yes! Oh, shit! Whoa, 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 whoa. This is the episode where I just swear a lot. This is the episode where I get my game on. What, son? Okay, but I have to ask this question, so I can't get a point for this one. What, son? Okay. I hope not. Are you guys ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. But Jai, one of us needs to get a point here. I know. Where was Harry's boa constrictor friend from? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> oh, I think Michael got it. <laughs> Brazil. It was Brazil. Brazil. Yes. All right. Well, uh, effing F, Sarah is now in first place with 10 points. God damn it. Michael is in second place with nine, and Bajaya's got eight. Tough week for, for Bajaya fans out there. <laughs> it's okay. Hold on to your hearts and uh, your butts. We'll be back next week. Chapter 14. Norbert, the Norwegian Ridgeback. Fun fact, I have a dog who's half of... A Rhodesian Ridgeback, so it's basically the same thing. Oh, you have a Norwegian Ridgeback! I think that you can't say Norwegian Ridgeback because of Nor the fact that Rhodesian Ridgebacks exist. What? 
I just, every time I want to say Rhodesian. Isn't it good, or isn't it something? Norwegian Witchback. Norwegian Witchback. Norwegian Witchback. <laughs> All right. Sorry, go ahead, Bajaya. So, from Quirrell and Snape's conversation, one-sided, well, I guess not really one-sided, uh, conversation last time, the gang... Harmony, Harry, and Ron are just kind of keeping an eye on Coral, make sure, you know, he doesn't disappear or whatever. Yeah, he got threatened by Snape. Mm-hmm. I'd be scared. But he seems a little shaken up, but he doesn't seem to have given in, which I don't... I mean, he's like, seems paler and, like, thinner, but I don't know how... Maybe he's would... just on the Atkins diet. I mean, I, I don't know how they know that he hasn't he hasn't seemed to given up, given in yet. I guess maybe because Snape had, doesn't have the stone yet and he's, like, still at the school. But whatever. Right. He, they're just kind of keeping, uh, making sure that Fluffy's still there, going up to the third corridor and knocking on the door. And, you know, Snape is still in a bad mood, so I guess the, Snape, the stone is still safe. And they're just kind of looking out for Quirrell, you know. Trying to make things easier for him. If anyone makes fun of him, they're like, stop it. He's a brave person. He's standing up for Snape. He's great. Don't worry about it. He's so good. Exams are only 10 weeks away, guys. It's, like, so scary. And Hermione is going crazy. So are the professors because they're giving him so much work. And Hermione's just making up crazy study schedules. Oh, that Hermione. I know. She's like, I should have started studying so much earlier. You already know everything. Stop it. Um, so they start spending most of the, their time in the library, and that's where they encounter Hagrid one fine, one fine afternoon. And he's just like, what are you guys doing here? Are you still looking up Nicholas Lamel stuff? And then they say, no, bro, uh, we already found out about Nicholas Lamel like weeks ago and about the Sorcerer's Stone. And he's like, what the fuck are you, what, what the heck are you doing? Stop talking about this out in the open if you really want to talk about it because harry's like you might as well tell us about him we're gonna eventually find out everything so he says all right well come meet me at the house later and we'll talk about it and he just kind of walks away hiding something and uh, ron goes to see what section book section library section he was um in and turns out he was researching dragons (gasps) i know Maybe he just, maybe he just is totally, maybe he has a fantasy dragon league. Maybe, maybe he writes dragon fanfic. <gasps> he probably writes dragon fanfic. He probably does. Norwegian Ridgeback slash Hungarian Horntail fic. <laughs> Crossbreeding. You know, you know that saucy. <laughs> Forbidden love. Fairy fills him in saying Hagrid's always wanted dragons. And Ron is like, OMG. He should know that dragon breeding is outlawed. Which, I mean, if he Hagrid really wanted, he really liked dragons, he could just, other than the fact that he was trying to hide the book, he could just, you know, be reading up on the stuff. Because growing up, or growing up, I still love dogs and I, like, go read up about dogs all the time. Doesn't mean, well, I do own two dogs, but that's besides, I, if I, even when I didn't own dogs. I still keep read up on it. Keep yes. backtracking. I know. <laughs> I, mean, I would still read up on him and like research different breeds is what I was trying to say. So he could just be doing that. But anyway. He could be. They or go maybe to... he's got a dragon age he's trying to Hey. I mean, just hypothetically. Don't you, don't you speak ill of Hagrid. Oh, he is sorry. an upstanding citizen of the magical 
community. So they go to visit Hagrid, and it's weird because all the curtains are closed. They go, he's real cagey about letting them in. And when they get in, it's like super hot inside. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty nice day out. It's pretty warm, but he has a fire going and everything. So they ask him if anything other than Fluffy is guarding the stone. Hermione's like, you know everything that goes on in this castle. Dumbledore trusts you with everything. Just buttering up Hagrid and totally works. He says, Sprout, Flitwick, McGonagall, Quirrell, Dumbledore, and Dumbledore are helping guard the stone. Oh, and Snape. And they're all like, what? 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 Why, Why would Dumbledore do this? But he reassures them that Snape's were trying to protect it and not steal sure, it. Sure, sure, sure. I know. But they make sure that Hagrid hasn't told anyone how to get past Fluffy except Dumbledore. And he he says, yeah, he only Dumbledore knows. And then they notice that he has something because he kept, keeps looking at the fire. And they notice that he has something in the heart of the fire. And it's a huge freaking black egg. What? Ron's like, <gasps> Ron's like, whoa, excuse me, where the heck did you get the dragon's egg? And he's like, I won it off of a strange dude who, uh, in the village, I beat him at a game of cards and won it, duh. And it's Dolly. Norwegian Ridgeback because apparently each of the eggs of different breeds of dragons look different. That's crazy. Nor- How many colors are there? There are I guess they could look so all many different. colors. Well, I mean, yeah. like birds. Never mind. I take that back. <laughs> well, uh, in the illustrated book, uh, they're like multicolored ones, like all black one, like Norwegian Norwegian Ridgeback, and it's just all all kinds of different things. It's weird. And apparently, no one taught Hagrid about Stranger Danger because he just takes this egg from a stranger that he doesn't know, and he's like, "All right, bro, I'll take care of this egg." But anyway, he has to keep the egg in the fire to simulate the mother breathing on it. And then once it hatches, feed it bucket of brandy mixed with chicken blood every half hour. Ooh, that sounds good. <gasps> chicken blood? Mm. And sounds expensive as heck. How expensive is chicken blood? No, I was talking about the brandy. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, uh, a chicken breast is like, what, six ninety nine a pound? How much is the actual blood? Not I that much. Yeah, definitely the brandy. Definitely the brandy is a more expensive part. But of I mean, that. how many chickens would you have to kill to get a bucket of chicken blood? I think a lot. Probably a lot, but boy, I mean, I could really go for an ice cold bloody brandy right now. Oh, yeah. disgusting! Delicious. Did you know there's there's just a brandy cocktail called Horse's Neck? No, we could make one called Chicken's Neck. Let's do no. it. No, nice. So now. In addition to worrying about the Sorcerer's Stone, they have to worry about Hagrid, too. Gosh, the plate is really full, guys. Um, They're a bajaya. They're like 11 years old. I know. They should have more. You also have responsibilities on your plate, like puberty. I know. Oh, no. We should talk about that. Puberty at Hogwarts sometime. That's true. That's a good topic. (laughs) They get a note, like, later in the week from Hagrid saying that the egg is hatching. Ron wants to skip Herbology, and they keep bickering because Hermione won't let him. And Harry's like, quit talking because Malfoy's right over there listening. Oh, boy. They decide, they compromise and go to Hagrid's during, af- during morning break. They're in there, and the 
egg has cracked and then the baby dragon finally hatches. It's skinny with a jet black body, wide nostrils, stubs of horns, and bulging orange eyes. It's also cute. It's probably super adorable. It, well, all right. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. The illustration didn't seem adorable. Okay, but but question. How many? To each their own. How how many newborn things are that ugly? There are even like even the ugliest things are adorable. Other than babies? Born. Babies look like old people, and sometimes that's adorable. Sometimes you're like, oh, you look like James Cagney, and it's adorable. My niece looked like a bird when she was born. But I won't say which one, just in case they listen to this. Because <laughs> I have three. Um, uh, the dragon snaps at Hagrid, and he's like, oh, bless him, he knows his mummy. He knows his mummy. But then he stops because hey, Hagrid sees—he sees Malfoy, our kid, peering in through the window, and see the freaking dragon. What a little shit! And then when Hagrid go or Harry goes to look at the window, he, he says that it's Malfoy running back to the castle. Always in their business, causing trouble. Like seriously, like that's just—I'm sorry, it alone, Malfoy. Like, like, despite what's happening in the cabin, like, that's just crappy behavior. Why would right. you take care of your spying own business? on someone? That's not, yeah, exactly. That's not your business. Also, snitches get stitches. Yeah. Snitches get stitches. Well, also, well, snitches, I, I feel like that's too confusing. Snitches. <laughs> not golden snitches. Spires. Spires. Get, get pliers, pliers to their face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they go back to the castle, and the next day, when they see Malfoy, or the rest of the day, their lessons, and afterwards, Malfoy's face is just so smug, and it makes them so nervous because they don't know if how much he's actually seen, how much he knows, how much he's told someone, and they just try to get Hagrid to get rid of him, but he won't budge because he's like, he's too young. If I let him out in the wild, he'll die, which is probably true. But he names the dragon Norbert. Cute. It's a good name. Which is adorable. I know. And then Harry has an idea. Let's write to Charlie, Ron's brother, who is studying dragons in Romania, and ask mm-hmm. him to take care of him. He's like, bing, bang, done. Hagrid even agrees, because even though he loves Norbert so much, he knows that that's the best for him. Also, they write a, they have to write a letter to Charlie and wait for the response. There has to, they really need, like, a better way to re- relay something, <laughs> like, emergencies. Text. That's the thing is, like, we talk, like, why don't, they have all this great stuff. Text message would, like, quickly get that to Charlie. Right. You have, you have, you both have iPhones. You can talk to somebody in Egypt in like two seconds. Okay, but like, so later on, they kind of Wait. resolve this with the whole. Ma- uh, Romania, excuse me, Romania. Uh, Bill is in Egypt. Sorry, yeah. that was so apocryphal of me. So the, oh, the whole thing where like people put or come out of the fire or whatever. Yeah, and, but you have to make sure that they're there. Right. Otherwise, you have the whole creature situation. Like, you have to make sure, you have, you still have to be like, Hey, I'm gonna Skype you at right. eight into your fireplace. Be mm-hmm. by the fireplace instead of being like, "Hey, Charlie, I'm texting this to your phone. Can I send you a dragon?" It's not super efficient. I know it's terrible. No, it's anyway. not. It's very inefficient, especially with like you said, like a dragon emergency. Yeah. So while they wait, while they wait to hear from Charlie, 
I think they're all taking turns helping Hagrid with Norbert, and it's Ron's turn, and he comes back, takes the invisibility cloak off, and he's like, I got bit by Norbert. And first they just try to do nothing, and then his hands start swelling up, and then the bite mark turns a nasty shade of green. (gasps) Okay, so the egg is black, the dragon is brown, and the (laughs) bite mark is green. Yeah. But in between that, they get a letter from Charlie who agrees to take Norbert and says that his friends are going to come visit him, but they can't really be seen carrying an illegal dragon, so um, they should meet them at the highest tower, the tallest tower at midnight, which Charlie must have ha- must have some ride-or-die friends that are just like, oh, you want me to bring an illegal dragon from Hogwarts? Cool. We'll totally stop by there. Done. Because I'd be like, I don't know, Charlie. This seems really <laughs> risky. That's like, yeah, that's like, I guess if you tend to dragons, you're probably sort of the ride or die type, right? Right, but I thought, but he says that he just has these friends visiting him. Not that these are friends that deal with dragons with him. Hey, let's just go to the most secure location right. in the wizarding world. Grab a dragon. Dra- grab a dragon. And then fly from the United Kingdom to Romania on broomsticks. Cool. Totally do that for you, bro. Totally into it. They must have been like crazy frat bros. Frat bros <laughs> slash maybe, maybe he has like a polyamorous relationship to all of them. Maybe. Maybe. He's Who knows? pretty... They're, I feel like the Weasleys are down pretty for foxy. They're down for him. I'm not, Maybe I'm not going. they all killed a hooker together. <gasps> like, you don't know. They definitely did. Like, you better bring this dragon did, Okay, 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 question. If you have a broomstick, where do you stuff your dead hooker? There's no trunk. There's no trunk. Maybe you have a harness that's strapped on to take care of the dead hooker. You pour that universal solvent on them. (gasps) The alchemist universal solvent. You know the alchemist is going on. Okay. (laughs) So Norbert, the bite mark, our bite has turned green. And apparently Norbert's fangs were poisonous. But guys, technically his fangs were venomous because he got bit. In order for Ron to get sick. And you poison is transmitted through something you touch or eat. And venom is transmitted through something that bites you. Just some science for you. <laughs> the more you know. So he Magic, you mean? <laughs> Magic. <laughs> While he is in uh, Madame Pomfrey's care, Malfoy's like, Oh, I need to bear a look from Ron. But he's really there to gloat and be like, oh, I'm going to tell on you. But the book that he does take, Malfoy does take from Ron, contains a letter from Charlie telling them to be at the, you know, what time and where. So now Malfoy, not only does he know that they have a dragon, he knows they're trying to get rid of him and win. The worst that could the happen. The worst. Mm. Well, Marco- M- Malcolm, Malfoy is already the worst. I know. It's pretty bad. So Ron tells us our Harry and Hermione a lot, and they're like, well, it's too late to change plans, so let's just go ahead and maybe Malfoy, I don't know, we'll, he won't see us because we'll, we're going to be under the invisibility cloak. So they go to tell Hagrid the plan. Fang is sitting outside with a bandaged tail because oh. that dang dragon has bit him. <sighs> you know he's poisoned. <gasps> You know he got poison in him. Maybe. 
I thought maybe that um, either Hagrid knows how to take care of the tail, or maybe it the venom doesn't affect animals the same way. Oh, it does it's poison. I think we just discussed this. Oh my gosh, it's venom. <laughs> this is a true fact. A lot of human diseases have come from dogs. Yeah, because they're so cute, and you want to cuddle them. Dogs and birds are where um, most of human diseases have evolved from. So it's Saturday, and hey, hey, it's Saturday. It's hey, hey. And uh, Hermione and Harry go to get Norbert because, you know, Ron is incapacitated. Hagrid already has Norbert packed in a large crate with lots of rats and brandy and his little teddy bear. Wait, I thought they were like chicken blood and brandy. <laughs> no, it says rats. Because he's gotten a little older, so he doesn't have yeah, to be, have like an all-liquid all diet. So they cover themselves and Norbert up with an invisibility cloak, and they head off to the tower. I don't know. It must have. It must have been hard carrying that stupid crate, right, all the way up to the tower. But anyway, on their way up, they find McGonagall, who is scolding Malfoy. Um, add another to the McGonagall stern look count because I'm pretty sure she gave Malfoy a stern look. She definitely um, did. Yeah, because he's wandering around the castle at midnight. He tries to tell her that there's a dragon, but she's like, okay, you're stupid. Let's go. You have detention now. So they go up all the way to the tower, up the top of the tower, and they see Charlie's friends arrive on four broomsticks, and they strap the crate onto the onto a harness that they built to carry it. And they take off. That's crazy. Did they build that harness just for Norbert? They or did. did. They have like they, that's crazy. Or they maybe they had it left over from all the dead hookers. <laughs> that's how they got that's the dead true. hookers. That's how they got the dead hookers. <laughs> They're like, we know exactly <laughs> what to do. Okay, we know now. <laughs> and um, they leave the tower. They go downstairs, and they're like super happy. Norbert's gone. Malfoy has the tension. And what could possibly go wrong? Nothing. Oh, wait. Uh, Filch is at the bottom of the stair. And because they forgot the invisibility cloak at the top of the tower. Jesus Christ, how could you forget that? Amateurs. Amateur hour. Right. So they're like, Filch is like, oh my, we are in trouble. (laughs) So, yeah. Is he Jamaican? <laughs> yeah. Oh my! I don't know how. To, oh that my! Was kind of we are in trouble. So it's not. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was, what I was then about to do was more Indian than Jamaican. Let's just. Oh my! Oh, we're out in we we out in trouble. That what is that? What? That was what? like Scottish. <laughs> so we learned uh, the new thing in this chapter was obviously dragons. Um, dragons. Yeah, they have a actually a pretty good write up on Pottermore of because even in a uh, Goblet of Fire we only meet what like five, four, four dragons. Mm-hmm. But Pottermore has a write up of like a, just a brief write up for each breed, but they're like eight or ten. Wow. But from that, I got that Norwegian Ridgebacks feed on water-dwelling creatures. Mm. It is in 1802, a Ridgeback is supposed, had supposedly taken a whale calf off the coast of Norway. What Whoa. the? I guess that I makes know. sense. Norway's, Norway is pretty waterlocked. Yeah. So it makes sense that they would have water-based Diets and they they are world or dragons are worldwide more 
obviously in the in the wildest of the terrains. But I also looked up wand cores because of the dragon heartstring wand mm-hmm. core, and I just wanted to. I kind of just did the, what the little write up. Is a dragon heartstring? It's a string it like from a, a dragon. Is that like an aorta? Actually, it doesn't say. Oh. I don't actually know. Here, maybe we can look this up while I'm doing this. Um, so, Mr. Ollivander's first name is Garrick. Hmm. Garrett? Garrick. His friend's called oh. him Gary. <laughs> yeah. Gary. Gary Ollivandy. And when, because I think his family was in the wand making business. business. Oh, it's a heartstring is a nerve. Gross. Once believed to nerve? sustain the that heart. Can't be, that yeah. can't be very thick then, right? I don't know. I mean, do it hearts, shouldn't be, right? How many nerves do hearts have? Do hearts have it, nerves? I don't think it just says a I don't heart know the string anatomy is, of a heart. I'm not a I'm not a doctor or a medical student. A squiggly nerve sounds like the grossest thing um, to put in a wand. So I don't think uh, that nerve actually exists. I think that because like tugging at a person's heartstring, etc. I don't think mm. that heartstring actually exists. But I don't know. So. Ollivander Garrick uh, watched his father struggle, like make with making wands with substandard substandard wand core materials, and because of that, he vowed to discover and work with only the finest cores. So, in doing that, he well, hearts do have nerves, by the way. Oh, they do. All right. Yeah, the vagus nerve is one. Oh Our yeah, nerves? I guess it, they do have to because they have to like fire. To make the heart to work. to make the um there's the the posterior gastric nerve yeah the heart has to fire nerves yeah I, I mean like I'm not a doctor though. so anybody any doctor and or medical student who's listening to this is probably like oh my god they're so dumb. having a terrible time right now <laughs> anyway so continue the, they he found out that only three substances work the best as wand cores and he only works with them and that they are unicorn hair. Dragon Heartstring and Phoenix Feather. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about each one of them. So Unicorn Hair produces the most consistent magic. It's the most difficult to turn to dark arts. And it is it makes the most faithful wands. They don't make the most powerful wands and are prone to melancholy if mishandled. Because the hair might die and need replacing. That seems unfortunate. Right. It does seem unfortunate. Dragon heartstring produces wands with the most power and capable of most flamboyant spells. I think um, crumbs was flamboyant. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I think crumbs was dragon heartstring. So was so wasn't Harry's dragon heart? No, a phoenix no, feather. Never mind. Excuse me. Um, somebody else had a dragon heartstring other than crumb, right? I think so, but I mean, crumbs doesn't really. Well, I was gonna say I like crumb. I'm gonna go on the record, but his was his was a his was a Grigorovich wand, not an Ollivander's. Dragon heartstring also learns more quickly, bond and bonds strongly with current owners. They are the easiest to turn to dark arts, more prone to accidents, and somewhat temperamental. Hmm. Phoenix feather is the rarest and great and has the greatest range of magic, though they may take longer to reveal in a witch or wizard. Uh, it shows most initiative, sometimes acting on their own accord. So that makes sense when Harry feels like his wand is working on its own later on in the books. Um, it's always the pickiest when it comes to picking the potential owner because of the creature 
that have been taken from is one of the most independent and detached in the world. It is the hardest to tame and personalize, and the allegiance of which is hard won. Mm. I have a couple of questions. Why did Dumbledore pick those professors over the rest of them? Like, why isn't Madame Hooch doing anything? Yeah. I mean, why did he pick Quirrell when he's Quirrell? Well, he's so good with, uh, what is it, trolls or something? Right, but I mean... Well, I mean, if you think about it, the Defense Against the Dark Arts is supposed to be somebody who is excellent at defending... Well, I mean, defending the castle slash all of Hogwarts. So you would think that you would want somebody to defend against the dark arts, but also maybe, maybe, um, it's maybe, no, but maybe it's the, the whole philosophy of keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. Yeah. I, I mean, was... maybe, maybe Dumbledore just wants to, to keep people that maybe he wants to keep both his friends and the people he, um, doubts the most closest because it's, it's beneficial to keep those who you think might, you know, you know what I mean? You know, like you keep it, you can keep an eye on them. And also when they think that they have your trust, they might be a little bit more lax. You know what I mean? They might think that they might not need to owe you as much or as much. And I guess the other professors are like Trelawney, Bins. It could just be that he thinks they're the most, you know, able or powerful or whatever. I mean, McGonagall seems like an easy choice because she's a badass. Yeah. And Flitwick. Right, we're right. I was saying that maybe he didn't think like Trelawney would couldn't do much, and then the Muggle Studies professor maybe couldn't do much. Although I bet it would have stumped a lot of wizards if the Muggle Studies professor had conjured like made some kind of puzzle that was solely Muggle related, like mm-hmm. something to do with a computer. Do something with a computer, like send an email to get to the next part. So. My next, my other question is that, does the invisibility cloak also, is this soundproof inside the cloak? I don't think so. I don't think so either, because whenever they, like, trip over stuff, Snape is always like, what's going on? What's going on? Because I'm pretty, like, the dragon, Norbert wouldn't have stayed quiet through their trip up from Hagrid's, especially going past McGonagall. How did... Nobody hear them. And they must have just been lucky. I guess. Who knows? Norbert Hagrid slipped him a bunch of brain. I just, he I just mean, went to I, sleep. Well, if we think about it, because the thing about the, the, the invisibility cloak is that, like, we, we find again and again that that the way that people find or discover that the invisibility, clo- invisibility cloak has been used is sound. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not like... It's, it's definitely not soundproofing you because I feel like I feel like Snape has discovered. Yeah, I want to say like he like heard Harry breathing or something like something really subtle. And I mean, I realize that the invisibility cloak. Right, I, right. I agree with you, but I feel like the the. I mean, other than setting off like a scream in the um, restrict restricted section, I feel like there have been footsteps or things. I I, I don't think that it's. I don't. I definitely don't think it's soundproofing. It's just. Yeah, I just don't invisible. know. I don't understand why it's for the story. I get why, but in real life, Norbert would not have stayed quiet in that freaking crate with his teddy bear. Especially, Did you say his book is bullshit, yeah. Michael. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> especially going uh, next to 
uh, another set of people who are like being like, you are in trouble. If I was Norbert, I'd be like, oh my God, get me the fuck out of this crate. Help me. These people are kidnapping me and just yeah. causing a racket. Maybe he was just in a chill mood. He just chilled out. He drank a lot of brandy. Drank all that brandy. And ate a lot of rats. So he, he was feeling sleepy. And, and chicken blood. Yeah. This he was... This is a too much pretty, protein. This chapter had like a lot of stuff in it. I was gonna say this, this chapter is really heavy. They like introduced a dragon egg, birthed it, and then sent it off into the world all in one chapter. I was gonna say that's like that's a lot. That's like that that is literally a full life cycle right there. Yeah. <laughs> this absolutely. is complete gestation. Poor Hagrid though. I bet he's like so sad. That's the thing. Is like Hagrid. Hagrid is such like. Hagrid is such a good mother figure. But at least he has Fang to keep him company. But he's like, I love this chapter about Hag. I love this chapter featuring Hagrid in that it makes you realize, like, he sees the best in everything. Mm-hmm. And he nurtures every creature. And, like, he's this person who who isn't necessarily educated, who shouldn't be necessarily thankful for people or happy for people because we know that for some reason he's been expelled. We know that for some reason he has been demoted to this position of game pe- gamekeeper. But all he does is just genuinely love the misfits and the strange creatures and he just like looks out for the best in people and I think that's one of the best things about Hagrid and he's kind of like weird outcast person who's just so kind and I love that about Hagrid. Guys, Hagrid is basically me. <laughs> uh, basically, Bajaya is Hagrid. She just loves everyone and loves mi- misfits. And oh, what? No, I was going to say, Hagrid is like that. Um, I just, he just, he's such a good character. He's, he's just so like a dog. Lovely. He's like a dog that um, has been like treated badly all its life, but then he gets rescued and then he right. still loves everyone, even though he's been treated badly. But, yes. Yeah. So but, rescue dogs. Anyway, so that's my chapter. Cheers. Nice. Good job. Hey, hey, everyone. What's the deal with no TV in the Wizarding World? That is terrible. I mean, we one of the things we didn't talk about so much when we were talking about how there was no Wi-Fi and, and Internet, so I was like... Yo, the internet is super entertaining. They can't Netflix. They can't chill. No Netflix, no chill. They can't look up porn. What? I mean, come on. I mean, that might have been good for the internet, but that's also technically TV. But, like, how? How? I mean, they must have, I mean, they have radio. That seems very outdated. Oh, let me tell you about this according to Pottermore. They have literal moving pictures, but they don't have moving pictures. So on Potterboard, they were talking about how these wizards tried to put uh, make a wizarding like kind of like a BBC. They try to make like a WBC Wizards Broadcasting Channel, and the Ministry of Magic was really really afraid of uh, it like crossing the Muggle channels and just broadcasting like randomly on the Muggle channels, and they were mm-hmm. like, well. So they shut that shit down, and they were like, well, you didn't do this with the radio. And they were like, well, if we're, all right, let's be honest, 
our wizarding radio channels also actually cross muggle channels. They just, muggle ch- muggles are just like, well, that was weird. That shouldn't have happened. That was probably just a fluke. And they just, you know, go about their business because it's just a voice. But if they actually see picture, then they might, they're like, that's weird. They might I, stick around. This is why, like, Ron has no idea that muggles have non-moving pictures. Like, he knows nothing about muggle culture. Oh, yeah, and that have, seems weird because he lives next to them. We have moving pictures, Ron. It's better than yours. Like, I live amongst Republicans. I know about Republicans. <laughs> right. Do you really? Man, how? I don't know. There's probably a few. There's probably a few in the I state, that was maybe. Sure. <laughs> there's like there are some cows that might be voting a little bit red. It's making, it's making. Drift. But like no. But here's the thing: is that why couldn't if they're so magic, if they're so good at magic, why can't they create a channel that's sort of impenetrable to muggles? I guess it's just if they like- can make if they can make a platform that only wizards can get through by rushing a cart through it. Why can't they just make one channel? I guess four channels. So BBC One, BBC Two, oh, WBC One, WBC Two, WBC Four, and ITV. Because ITV just is going to probably gonna go across there. all of it. And nobody will question the weirdness. Maybe they're just afraid that there's, I don't know. I think it's censorship. I'm, I'm like, getting some heavy censorship happening. Maybe they- you know what this means? It means they have no video games either. <gasps> what do these kids do? Do they, like, go outside and play? Because that sounds terrible. Yeah, like, uh, do they only have broomsticks? What do the what do the introverts do? They're like the, like, 1800s read. introverts, right? Right. They read and play with those, those, those round, those, those the wooden, those wooden wheels things? that they, with a stick. <laughs> the yeah, hoops? Yeah, yeah the, the hoops, hoops with a stick. stick. That's all they do. That sounds terrible. Oh, guys. It does sound is, terrible. This is not... Well, this is kind of sad, This is but, tragic. Uh, when, I, when I was growing up in Nepal... Um, oh, no. <laughs> I did not have... Our new segment. I did not when have I was growing a, up in Nepal. a stick, but uh, I did grow up around, like, a couple of families that were not as privileged as I was growing up, so their kids actually played with a hoop and stick. Oh, no. They are like a bicycle tire... With a stick, and they would like, hey, but it looks so fun. Like I had, I had all this stuff to play with, and I was like, oh my god, those kids are playing with that thing, and they would just like kind of just push it down the street, and I was like, that looks so fun. But my mom never let me play with it. I knew, I knew a Mormon family, and they just prayed a lot, and that didn't seem fun to me. No, they couldn't. They couldn't. These, they couldn't watch these, TV like I these could. These kids didn't pray a lot. They just kind of pushed the hoop, and they would run and. I be- read. I read a lot as a kid. I was a weirdo, and I was very introverted, so I had to read a lot. Cause we didn't. We had an Atari, but we didn't have any other video oh games. God. We ha- we didn't have an Atari. Uh, our family friends had an Atari, and we played that game. But I also read a lot. I read a series that was British about a boy wizard. No. I was too old for that. Uh, I read a series, a couple of series by a British author named Enid Blyton. She wrote them apparently in the 1950s and didn't realize this until a couple of years ago when my sisters and I bought the series, all the series again, and we read them. Um, they're kind of racist <laughs> and sexist. That's, that's something like, you realize when you're older. All these dark people came over and they were all thieves. I was like, well, all right. 
That's hey, true. at least they have board games because I mean they have Wizarding Chess, so they probably have really awesome other board games too. That's true, but like talking uh, figures, and stuff right? Like that isn't Gobstones a board game or something? A game? That's I bet cool. there's wizard nerds who are into some serious. They probably have Dungeons and Dragons, but they're actual dungeons and actual dragons, right? Or they like role play as accountants and. Stuff. And they're like, I'm going to fix my toaster. Please roll. <laughs> Two. Uh, your toaster is broken. No. no oh, my God. Toast. I just imagined all the games that we play, but with, like, game pieces that The move are... and stuff? Yes. That would be, be way so better. Damn it. Now I hate our game pieces. I just, I, just, I just looked down. I just looked down and saw this game and thought that this would be the most frightening, like, wizard game ever. Which is Operation. Like, that would be terrifying. Oh, my God, no. They'd be like, oh, my God. It would have, like, blood spurting out of you. And, yeah, the guy just screaming at you as you operated on him with no anesthesia. (laughs) Exactly. That would be awful. Yay, wizards. Well, I guess. You need need television, wizards. How do you survive without Netflix, wizards? That's the deal. Thank you for joining us for You're a Wizardary. Want to help out? Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review. Want to get in touch? Email us at potterpod at geeklyinc.com or follow us on Twitter at potterpod or geeklyinc. And individually, you can find me at thriftynerd. I'm Bajaya Shrestha, and you can find me on Twitter at ethnicninja. I am Sarah Tompkins, and you should hit me up at Tompkins. Or you can follow us on Tumblr at PotterPod. Our podcast art is created by Jesse Carlton. You can find more of his work at J exclamation point on Instagram. And our music is created by Sean Fagan. Find more of his music at soundcloud.com slash sleepyfish.